All right. This weekend at Riverside is a global missions weekend, and um, it's always an exciting weekend, and it's a challenging weekend. And uh, when we were praying as to who should come in and, um, and speak for us this weekend, uh, my, my mind immediately went um, to Ian Green, who has served the Lord, uh, not only in Europe, but also now some in Africa and other parts of the world as well. Incredible man of God that I've known um, a long time. I won't put a, a date on it, but it goes back a long time, and um, over, over 30 years probably, and um, has served God consistently uh, with a passion for people, um, and not only to come to know Jesus, um, but in the midst of all that, to see transformation change the world. And uh, this is a man that has seen transformation happen in nations and, um, and is a blessing to be around. He, you know, I never, uh, I'm always glad to see him go because you can only take so much of the infusion of your transformation, you know. And, and as I say, well, go away for two years now and then you can come back and, and we'll get recharged again, you know. But he is an inspiring man of God and I know you're going to be blessed. Now, I, I was going to say fasten your safety belts, but I want you to take your safety belts off because how many know Jesus can be dangerous, and he can take us into some dangerous places. I think today is a dangerous day to be in the house of God. Don't leave because we take photographs of everyone who leaves and we come looking for you. All right. But give Ian Green a great welcome as he comes to share this morning. Thank you, John. Good morning. That was average. Good morning. Good morning. Awesome. I like, I like to feel the coffee in your breath when you say that. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be with you. It's two or three years since I was last with you, but uh, I just rejoice in what God is doing with you, through you. It's just an honor always to be a part of a global missions weekend like you have, and you guys just do incredible things in the city, in the region and around the globe. It's just remarkable how Jesus uh, uses you as a community of faith to impact nations. And this has been going on for many, many years. You will have had a brochure given to you probably on the way in today. And, and there you'll actually see all the incredible parts of the world that you are personally engaged in. You know, we will this today, we will take uh, an opportunity to take a faith pledge offering and we as a family, we've lived by faith. We've, we've not had a salary for 28 years. I'm looking rough, aren't I? Because God is good, right? God is really good. And we have found that the lifeblood of our Christian walk has been faith. And so since I was with you last year, I released a book called uh, Checking, Checking Into Faith. It's it's full of stories over 40 years how God has intervened in us as a family, um, as a ministry, um, miracles, miracles of provision, healings, 
And I got a friend here just to introduce this book to you and trust that you'll get a copy at the end of the service. Hi, so I want to recommend a book to you, Checking Into Faith by Ian Green. Uh, it's a fantastic book. So 30 years ago, uh, Ian's teaching really encouraged me to step out in faith in a vision that God gave me. Now, uh, I've been looking forward to him writing about faith for many years, and this book uh, certainly doesn't uh, disappoint. So if you're interested in having your faith stretched, um, then this is really, really good for you. Uh, it talks about uh, stepping out in faith. It talks about the key to that. It also talks about what happens when it gets really dark and things don't work out the way you expect. I've often thought that faith is not in the stepping out. It's in the waiting after you've stepped out, but before the promise uh, comes true, if you like. And um, this book really, really deals with that very, very well. And there's a great flow to the book. It starts with the benefits of stepping out in faith and how to hear God's voice and how to not uh, hear God's voice. You know, the ways we should and the way we shouldn't listen out for God. Uh, talks about um, generosity in a really interesting way. And uh, one of my favourite parts of the book is where Ian talks about there is no pie. I think sometimes, uh, as he says, um, when we give something away, whether it's our time, our finances, our energy, we feel as though there's less to give. In actual fact, God always replenishes uh, what we've given and there's always more. And Ian talks about this. Lots of fantastic stories. Really, really practical book. I'll definitely be recommending it to uh, our staff and our volunteers. Uh, you might want to do that as well. Um, and uh, But just for your personal benefit of really opening your mind to new levels of faith, this book's great. So um, hopefully you'll go out and get it from Amazon today. Or if you want a signed copy, I'll be there at the back and I will personally sign it for you and I trust that this will be... Now, if, you, if you're one of those persons with too much faith, don't get this. Because you're like, you'll overdose and we'll have to take to the hospital or something. But if you're a person who want to grow in your faith, you want more faith, you want practical teaching of how actually faith works, what you do when faith is seemingly not working, it's all there. Trust that will be a blessing, a blessing to you. You know... Um, I, I come every two to three years, and I'm, I'm absolutely passionate for to see the kingdom of God come, come to earth. And many times, and you'll discover if you've not heard me speak this morning, but there's a grace on my life. And the grace on my life is you will feel that you can do what Jesus has been asking you to do for a long time by the time we finish this morning. This grace that is on me just gets imparted to you. It's the spirit of faith. And so I have some resources outside that would be a, a great blessing to you. If you're interested on how do we change Peoria, how do we change Peking, how do we change the village that you live in, if, uh, if you like CDs, there's a three-pack CDs there called City Planners, How We Are to Bring the Kingdom of God to Earth. There's, there are some media sticks there. One is called Bringing Heaven Down to Earth. How do we get heaven into our home? I'm not just waiting to die to go to heaven. How do we get heaven into our home? How do we get into our business? How do we get into our city? How do we get into the baseball team? How do we get into the basketball? How do we do that? Because the Bible says, it's Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's there. The power of transformation is there. They're all available at the back. And the deal this morning, you buy any one of these... Uh, uh, media six, and I will give you a book absolutely free and personally signed. I know it's ridiculous, but there you go. When I was when I was with you uh, 
two or three years ago, um, you helped us provide diapers for some children in a real poor community where there was 98% unemployment in that community uh, in Lazarani, Romania. It was such a huge blessing. I, I, I actually believe you gave over $8,500 that Sunday morning. And I'm here to tell you, I spent it. Like all of it. I didn't keep any for a rainy day. And we invested it into that community. And I'm going to show you a video in a moment. And it's just going to explain to you what happened as a result of your investment. Because your generosity to that community has created a momentum of generosity in that community to touch other communities. Just watch the video with me. Food for your family or a diaper for your baby, what would you choose? This is a decision that the Roma Gypsy people in Lazarene, Romania no longer have to make due to the Diaper Day project. Whereas once, generations from before battled with a sense of unimaginable despair and sorrow, this has been replaced with a sense of deep joy. With no access to running water, disposable diapers are the only solution to bring help back into this unique community. In the past, families and their babies would get sick from living, eating and sleeping in the same room together. However, this is no more. The daily grind of a typical morning would have consisted of a mom or an older sister stripping off the soiled plastic bed sheets that the whole family had slept on the night before, taking this outside to wash in a dirty puddle. But this is no longer necessary, as through the Diaper Day project, 60 babies are provided with two diapers every single day of the year. Not only has this had a huge impact on the lives of these babies, but it has been a journey of transformation and love for these families. This community have learned the delightful art of giving out from the very little that they have. The wonderful fact is that now they are starting to impact other gypsy communities that face the same struggle that they did. They are being generous and learning the principle that in order to move forward, you have to give something back. This community is starting to understand that greatness is not what you have, but it's about what you give. Just last year, through this amazing work project, we saw over 40,000 diapers handed out. The beautiful part of this project is its simplicity, a diaper a day. You know, it only takes one action to cause a ripple effect, and you never know how far your ripples may reach. With 98% unemployment, you can see why this is a critical need. In that community, in the Roma community, mom and dad and the whole children sleep in the same bed. Mom and dad and eight to ten children. 
So when there's not a diaper, everybody in that bed knows something's happened. And it's not showers of blessing. And, and just a practical demonstration of showing the love of Christ, what we've discovered in the last uh, several years is whole families have come to Jesus as a result of delivering diapers. The Bible says it's the goodness of God, these people, to repentance. And you will, you will be aware that uh, any mother in the room will be aware that we need more than one diaper, right? And so we have been trying to increase that to two and three and and the cost of that project is going to come up on the slide in the moment. But it takes $100 a year to meet the need of one child for one diaper. Um, it, you know, maybe you can do one. If there are mothers in you, can you do one? One diaper a day. Could there, maybe some of you could do two or three or four. And there's probably some greedy individual in you that says, look, I see that sign at the bottom, 24,000. I want to do all of that by myself. I'm going to let you. <laughs> but together, as we've already discovered, we can make a great difference. So as the Lord, as the Lord speaks to you, Please do whatever he asks you to do in regard to that. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Philippians and chapter 4. Philippians and chapter 4. And I want to uh, share on a passage that you may have heard of before. Um, it's called, God is promising to meet our needs. God promises to meet our needs. Now I'm reading from verse 14 in chapter 4 of Philippians. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me a financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift, but rather I want, to, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At this moment, I have all that I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent through Epaphroditus. There is sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. This particular letter was written for two reasons. It was written as, almost as a um, sending a receipt for the gifts that Paul had actually received, and secondly, as a thank you note for the continued kindness of this particular church that kept on blessing them, helping them so that the gospel could go forward. If you've been around church any amount of time, you will have, you will have read um, verse 19, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. If you've heard that verse before, just raise your right hand. I mean, it's a great word, verse. It's a powerful verse. It's a verse that has a lot of energy, but unfortunately, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Are there anybody with any needs here this morning? Just raise your right hand. See, point proven. Look, I, I go to churches all over the world, and I'm telling you they are filled with people 
that their needs are not met, and this Bible verse absolutely does not work for them. And so this is my suggestion for you this morning, because we don't want to live in deception. I suggest that you go home, at the end of the service, get a scissors. Snip, snip around, chapter 4 and verse 19. Take it out and have your afternoon snooze. That's one way how we can deal with this verse. Just get rid of it. Or we can find out why this verse doesn't work. I'm going for, I'm going for option two this morning. I'm going to give you option two why verse 19 doesn't work for some people. Because this is a great passage. And this great passage tells us if you want verse 19 to work, you have to begin to apply verses 14 through to 18. And in verses 14 through to 18, the premise is this. I must be generous to others. In fact, uh, Proverbs tells us, in Proverbs 11 and verse 25, a generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. And so he says, you want your needs to be met? Then this is what I want you to understand. You have to begin to meet other people's needs. Now, this was a poor church. These were poor Christians. I guess in, in, the, in the time that this uh, letter was written, they were in an economic, depressed time. But somehow they found a way to be generous. They found a way to give beyond themselves so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could go further, go faster, and touch and change people's lives. You see, he says in verses 14 to 16, my giving becomes an encouragement to others. He says, it was good of you to share in my troubles, as you Philippians know. In the early days, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Wow. Have you ever received a gift and you felt encouraged? It's a great feeling, isn't it? It's a great feeling to get a gift and you feel encouraged. Now, every month through the Faith Pledge offering, you send money all over the world. You send money to people in Poland, the Ukraine, to Brazil, uh, to Holland, uh, to Bristol in England, to all over the world, money goes. And, and you send it on a monthly basis. And do you know what? When that money deposits in their account, which gives them the power to serve the Lord and to share the gospel, that's an encouragement. Because I'm telling you now, when that money doesn't turn up, that can be quite discouraging. And some of us have had that experience too. But you see, through, the, through faith pledge giving, you end up becoming an incredible encouragement to the global work of, workforce of Jesus in the earth that are taking the gospel to places that you will never visit, you'll never go to, but you have a part to play in that because of your financial giving. He says, my giving is an encouragement to others. And he says, as a result of that, there are two things that come out of that. He says, it gives me a ministry much larger than I would normally have. You see, money... Money is a reflection of your life because this is how most of you get money. Those of you that don't rob banks or do drugs, but most of you who kind of, you know, you get money because you go to work, right? And you go to work and you, you put in 10 hours, 15 hours, 30 hours, 50 hours, and at the end of the month, the company gives you a chunk of change. Now, they didn't give you that because you're good looking. 
They give you that because you've sweated your butt off, right? And you've, and, and you've exchanged a part of your life for some cash. And so when you put cash into the offering, it, you are going in the offering because you've exchanged your life. And so when you begin to become a partner in this global force, you end up finding that every month, although you may never leave Peoria, every month you're in Poland. Every month you're in Brazil. Every month you're in Amsterdam. Every month you're in the Ukraine. Every month you're in Tanzania. Every month you're in all of these places. I said, well, I didn't jump on a plane. No, no, no. But you are there because your money is there affecting local people, causing the gospel to go forward. How awesome is that? For a number of years, we supported people in Japan. Now, that's a weird country, Japan. Like, they invented the microwave and they eat raw meat. Like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> I've never been to Japan physically, but I've been there every month for years and years and years as I've supported missionaries in Japan. It's just an encouragement. He says, not only that, giving makes you like Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? I'll say that again. Do you want to be like Jesus? If you want to be like Jesus, we organize our lives to be givers. Whether it's time, whether it's cash, whether it's talents, we organize our lives that we can give it away. Because the Bible says this, God so loved the world that he thought about doing something and then went back to sleep. God so loved the world, but, the, but the, something came on the cable channel that he had to watch, so he decided to postpone that, what he was going to do, to watch the program. No, no, Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. What did he do? And if you want to be like Jesus, what you do? Absolutely. And so this is just a part of us being shaped into the image of Jesus. He says, when we give, we become an encouragement to others. When we give, if it's an investment in the future. Verse 17 says this. Though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me, what, what makes me happy is the well-earned reward you will have because of your kindness. That term, well-earned reward in the Greek is accumulated interest or compounded interest. If any of you have done the Dave Ramsey's uh, course, you will know about compounded interest. And if you've not done the Dave Ramsey's course, you need to repent and do the Dave Ramsey's course because it's absolutely phenomenal, right? But compounded interest can work for you and against you. So if you've got compounded interest on your credit card, how ugly is that? But if you have compounded interest in your 401 case. How awesome is that? And how awesome is it is if you have compounded interest in your heavenly bank account? In your heavenly bank account. He says, I'm looking for what may be credited to your heavenly bank account. Now, if you went to the bank manager and you said to the bank manager, I want to know how much interest I'm earning. And the first thing he'd say to you, well, how much money do you have in your account? No, 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 I haven't put any money in there yet. Well, look, the rules are no money in the account, no interest. Like when you get to heaven, 
Are you going to be excited or embarrassed? Is there going to be money in your heavenly bank account that's been accruing interest? So that you can actually have something to give to Jesus. I don't need this anymore. I want to put it down at your feet. I'm so grateful. And interest in the heavenly bank account is quite remarkable. It's a hundredfold. Do you know how much a hundredfold is? A hundredfold is 10,000%. Any banks in Peoria doing 10,000% at the moment? This is a great investment. As we partner with God in his global plan to touch the nations, to see people come to Christ, to see his kingdom come, and his world, and this world to be utterly transformed. He says, when you give, and when, particularly when you give to mission, you are creating an account in heaven that will have compounded interest. 1 Timothy 6 says this, Give happily to those in need, and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up for yourselves real treasure in heaven. Wow. We've kind of, in our church that uh, we belong to, on Christmas Day, we, we always have a Christmas Day offering. We call it a birthday offering for Jesus. And we normally give it to some missional project around the world. And and because we want our children to feel the heart of Jesus, we, we chat to them about that. And when my son was about eight, I'm talking to him. I said, you know, Ma, we got this offering on Christmas Day. Before we get to church, you'll have a whack of toys and good things. And we're just going to express our heart to say thank you for Jesus. And for, for people to experience what we've had, like his goodness and his kindness. So I want you to think about what you're going to put in the offering. So we're all jumping in the car, ready to go. So everybody got their offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Mark, what are you doing? He says, oh, I've emptied my savings account, my piggy bank, my tin. I've, em I've emptied it, and I'm putting that in the office. I says, mate, that's a lot of money. He says, look, you don't have to put it all in. He says, of course I don't have to put it all in. But, Dad, you told me lost people matter to God. Why wouldn't I put it all in? Why wouldn't you put it all in? It's only a thought. Don't let it worry. Okay, we'll move on. He says, my giving is a sacrifice to God. Verse 18, he says, he says, it's like a fragrant offering. It brings a smell to God. Sacrifice brings a perfume into the natural, into the nostrils of God. What does it mean to bring a sacrificial offering to the Lord? It means to give until there's blood on your hands. Have you ever given until there's blood on your hands? Give until your blood on your hands means we decide to go without things that are okay, legitimate, not sinful. We can have them if we want them. But we decide not to do that so that somebody who's not heard the gospel can hear the gospel. And we give until there's blood on our hands. It may well be. It may well be you've been saving to change your lounge carpet. And now you've got three grand saved, four grand saved, and, and it's a bit scaggy. But you know, you go, no, no, no. That four grand that was going to change the carpet, I'm putting that four grand into missions. We will tolerate having an ugly carpet for the next two or three years so the people 
who have never heard can begin to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And maybe some of you, you've got a lease vehicle or a vehicle on hire purchase and it's coming to an end and, and you're, you're automatically thinking, you're looking around and thinking, well, I'll just renew the lease. I'll just renew the lease. Instead of, instead of renewing a lease, which you could, it's legitimate, it's okay. You can say, no, 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 I'm going to pour up with a three-year-old car for another year. And the year that I have paid the lease, where I pay on the lease, I'm going to put in the faith pledge offering. It's called blood. Blood on your hands. You may, you may, you may decide, you know, we, we eat out two or three times a week. I'm, I'm cutting that down to two. And the money we were to spend on a meal going out as a family, as a couple, that money, 20, 15 bucks a week, no, no, we're committing that to give to the gospel so the people who have never heard, I can go without a dinner, I can go, well, I don't have to even go without and I can eat at home, but the money I would have spent on going out for that meal, I'm now going to take that money and I'm going to put it in the faith pledge offering on a monthly basis, and I'm going to do that for a whole year. Got blood on your hands. No, that's not much blood, right? Not going out, that's not much blood, right? That's just a li little bit of blood. The Apostle Paul says this, you gave. Because this church was a poor church. They were poor people. But the Bible says this, they kept on giving and 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 kept on giving so that Paul could take the gospel to people that had never heard the good news. That's the premise. So you can't claim the promise till you fulfill the premise. And the premise is, I have to be generous. I have to become a giver. I have to help the gospel to go forward. Don't, go, don't, be, don't be claiming chapter 4 and verse 9 saying, God, you promised to meet all my needs. You go, okay, let's just look at the ledger. Let's just see what you've been doing with your money. Let's, let me have a look at your credit card statement. Let me have a look at your bank statement. Let me see what's going on here. Oh. Doesn't seem much giving going on here. There's two sides of the contract. I remember some years ago when God spoke to us as a family, and we've, we've lived by faith for 28 years, and I remember God said to us, Ian, I want you to not only tithe to the church, I want you to tithe to missions. Tithe to missions. He says, come on now, let's reason together. Don't you know I'm living by faith? I says, wow, that seems a bit of a climb. Tithe into missions as well as tithe into the church. So I went back to her. I said, Lord, okay, this, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm going to go for it. I think I can at least believe God for 1% of my income. I can do that to missions. 1%. I can give 1% to missions. That wouldn't be. I could surely have faith for that. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to increase my giving to missions 1% per year for the next 10 years. So that 10 years from now, I'll be giving 10% to missions and 10% to the church. I felt good about that. We started, and as we started to be systematic in our giving, not just erratic, not just spontaneous, but systematic in our giving, we found more money started coming in. In fact, to cut a long story short, there was so much more money coming in, I knew it wasn't for, 
a new car. It wasn't for new shoes. It wasn't for a new coat. It was actually to get the gospel to go further than it had been before. And you know what? After 16 months, I had the power and the ability to give 10% to missions and 10% to the local church. And I've been doing that for decades. Would you start at 1%? Maybe, maybe you don't do the faith pledge yet. Would you start this weekend? Start this weekend. 1%. Oh, I don't know, 1%. Okay, half a percent. Will you start? Will you make a start? For those of you that you're already involved, and there's about 100 families involved in the faith pledge, so that's only 10% of the congregation, right? So there's, there, there, there's a lot of us missing out on the opportunity to get the gospel to go further than it needs to go. What about it? Would you do something this weekend? Would you begin to start? And maybe, you, maybe those are already in and say, oh, you know, we give $25. We already give $25 a month. Okay, we're about, it's a faith pledge. It's not, it's not a budgetary amount. It's not, we look at our budget and say, well, I can afford to give X. No, no, that's not a faith promise. That's, that's a budget promise. A faith promise is Jesus how much do you want me to give on a monthly basis to missions? And normally, if, if it's a number that you can manage, just treat that as a word from the devil. Because he wants to keep, keep your life small, contained, in a box. When you have a number that you go, flap and act, Jesus, that sounds a bit ridiculous. This is what I say. You give it me, you've got it. You give it me, you've got it. I'm up for it. And so if, if you're a $25 a month kind of person, why don't we change the beginning and make it now 35 If you're a $50 a month person, why don't we do it 70 If you're a $100 a month kind of person, why don't we change 150 Why don't we make that 150 Why don't we just change the numbers around that are going to drive us into faith? Hello. You're not looking very happy. I'm only trying to bless you. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Anybody believe the words of Jesus? Three of us, beautiful. A lot of work to you, do you, Pastor? No, no. We have the premise, and then we have the promise. And the promise is this, and my God will meet your needs. You fulfill your side of the contract, and you can absolutely be convinced God will fulfill his sight with, with more than enough because that's the kind of God that we serve. He comes back with more than enough. He says, my God. Why don't you circle that in your Bible? My God, the personal God, your heavenly Father. He has seen what you've done. He has, he has marked your sacrifices. He has, he has seen the ledger. He has watched your bank account. He has seen what's gone in the offering. He says, and now then, now then, my children, child. I want to meet your need because you are meeting the needs of others. My God will meet your needs. See the scope? Your needs. Not your greeds. Your needs, not your greeds. Not your wants. There was a study done in America in 1890. And it, it was many, many thousands were surveyed. And they said, 
Can you list all the things that you think you need to live in America? And as they compiled all the data, it all came back, and there was a list of 19 things, 19 requirements. People said, these are the basic needs that we have to live in America. A few years ago, a similar survey was done again. And when the surveys were collated, and they begin to tally up what people said we basically need, that 19 had gone up to 98. 19 had gone to 98. Because people don't know the difference between Need and greed. (laughs) But God said, I'll meet all your needs. And you can have a deep level of confidence that he will meet your needs. Does this apply? According to his riches in glory. How rich is God? Sometimes, some of you in industry and business will know this, sometimes you go to the bank for a loan. They say, okay, we give you the loan, but you have to put your house against the loan. That's collateral. So you want to borrow $5,000. Okay, we can lend you that, but your house is worth $200,000. We put that as collateral against the loan. So if you don't pay the loan, we either sell your house or remortgage your house or whatever. According to his riches in glory. How rich is God? How big is his collateral? It's absolutely infinite. So there is no second guessing. When we fulfill, when we fulfill the premise, we have absolute, utter, and complete confidence that he is going to fulfill the promise to us. There's an interesting passage Interesting passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's a parallel passage to this passage I've just read you. And this is what it says. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each one should give whatever he has decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly or under pressure. For God loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you today, there'll be no manipulation. People won't manipulate you. Or don't don't mix challenge and manipulation. They're absolutely worlds apart, right? Because left to ourselves, we would always do less than what God would want us to do. So that's why he sent me along, just to help you. How kind is God? Get you, get, you, get you out of the gutter of ordinary and get you into the fast lane of life. If you sow a little, you only get a little. There have been times in our lives when, when we've actually had no money, and we have a rule in our house. When we have no money, it must be time to give. That's the rule. It's been there for 27 years of our marriage. No money, it must be time to give. And if we physically actually don't have any money, actually one time I was about to jump on a plane to go to Romania, and Jesus says, love, you've got all these bills. I said, can you just pay them? He says, I'd love to, but we don't have any money. We don't have any money? Oh, my gosh, I've got to find something. I've got to find something to give away. I can't, obviously can't give away money. We haven't got any money. 
So I go into my wardrobe and I found my, the very best suit that I've got. It's a boss suit. Some of you know that that's very expensive. Boss suits are very expensive. And now some of you are thinking, how does missionaries afford to buy boss suits? Well, maybe they don't, but they get them anyway. And so I took this boss suit. I love this suit. It was a fantastic suit. And I took it with me to Romania. And I saw this little pastor. I says, Pastor, you need this suit in the name of Jesus. He says, that's too big for me. I says, well, you and your brother wear it. <laughs> By the time I came back from that trip, money had been sent to us that paid all of our bills. That's how it works. Sow a little, receive a little. Sow a lot, receive a lot. It's quite straight forward. Here we are on this global missions weekend, and God is opening the door of incredible opportunity that we can see the gospel move into Kenya and West Africa and Israel and Mexico and Jordan and Indonesia and Poland and Ukraine and Brazil and a bunch of other places as well as Peoria, as well as the Dream Center, as well as the missions that are taking place right here in this community. We have the opportunity with our money to make an eternal difference. And ladies and gentlemen, it's now over to you. Thank you very much. Praise God. You've just listened to a guy who's not just talking this stuff, he's walking it out and um, proving God in remarkable ways. And um, what the challenge has come to us today is to now walk out our faith and to walk out the challenge of what this church is about. Um, it is that our mission statement here is that we exist for others to know Jesus. It doesn't just mean in Peoria, that means around the world. It means not just Riverside, not just the Dream Center, but Southside Mission and the Peoria Rescue Mission here in the city that we give money to to help them uh, in their ministry. It means then in this nation that we are blessing different churches and, and uh, things that are happening in the nation. And then uh, right around the world, as Ian has mentioned, all the stuff that is going on uh, in different places of the world. 25 churches now that Riverside has built in the Amazon jungle. Uh, if you've never been to the Amazon, you can have a chance to go to the Amazon. You just need to sign up for a trip down to the Amazon and uh, you can go and see what we're doing down there. And uh, incredible, incredible stuff. You know, <clears throat> we had a, a, a wonderful man that um, was a part of this church from the very outset, and, um, and, and before that, uh, he was involved in missions into Brazil when we were out at Faith Christian Center as well. His name was Wendell Barton. And you know, when Wendell died, he made sure that he was still investing in Brazil, and, and he left a huge amount of money and said, 
every year for as long as the money lasts, I want you to build a church in Brazil. And so every year we go down and, and Wendell is financed, even though he's gone to be with Jesus now, he finances a church in Brazil to be built in Brazil incredible. He said, I want to go on. Even after my life, I want to go on investing into the kingdom of God and blessing Brazil. And uh, amazing things happening there. We built a dream center in the Ukraine. We've built a school in Tanzania, uh, in, in West Africa there. And uh, I had the privilege of going to open that school for 500 students. And 20% of the students were AIDS, uh, uh, the children of AIDS victims and, uh, and seeing uh, the wonder on their face at this wonderful school that we'd built for them. On and on the stories could go. You'll read all about it in this booklet. But I want to tell you how it's happened. It, it's happened by a few people being faithful in not only giving to the church, but now giving to missions worldwide by their faith promises. While I'm talking to you now, the Holy Spirit is going to drop a number into your mind that you say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God that every month this amount of money is going to come into my possession. It's not for me. It's to go into missions at Riverside. It's my faith promise. And, and you're going to see miracles happening as God makes sure that what you are believing for, the money you are believing for, is actually going to come into this church. This is what we want you to do this morning. There's going to be two things I ask you to do. The first is this, that you take this card out of the booklet that you was given when you came in and that you fill out your name, your phone number, your email, and you sign it and date it. And then it says, I am believing by faith, I commit to giving. And it leaves a blank there for you to fill in the amount of money that you believe that God is going to give you every month over and above your normal giving to the church that there's going to be this amount of money that I believe God's going to give me that I can give to missions. Uh, now, we're not going to come knocking at your door and saying, where is your money? No, no, we're leaving that to you to put it into the offering every month and to um, put it into an envelope maybe or something to mark it faith promise. And, and we will make sure that every cent that you give, just like Ian said, we will spend it. We will send it to, the, to Brazil. We will send it to the Ukraine. We will send it to the Netherlands. We will send it wherever it is that we are investing into the kingdom of God and blessing missionaries around the world. Your money will be working for you and will be working for the kingdom of God to see that happen. So maybe like Ian says, you start small. Maybe you say, well, I'm going to believe God for $5 a week or I'm going to believe God for $25 a month. I'm going to believe God for 50 a month. And maybe maybe there are those here who are saying, God is really challenging me to believe for $100 a month or more. You fill that in on that top piece of card and then you'll notice the bottom part of the card is perforated. And uh, you just tear that off and that bottom little part you keep to remind you to pray, God, I'm believing for this amount of money to come in this month in order to go to faith promises and to bless missionaries around the world. And I'm believing you to send that in. And you can keep that card in your Bible or put it on your refrigerator, whichever one you use the most, all right? 
and, and just remind yourself that I'm believing God. I'm praying every day. God, will you send this money that I can give to send the gospel, the truth of Jesus around the world. And, and I can tell you it's going, to make, it's going to make an eternal difference. Now, let me tell you this, that every year we spend around $300,000 on missions in Peoria and around the world. And, and, and the way that happens is by faith promises coming in and there are about a hundred people that actually give in faith promises up to now. I'm believing for that number to become 200. It'll mean you being involved. It's you saying, I'm committed to seeing the gospel go around the world. And, and, uh, and so people give in faith promises. And a and hundred people giving to faith promises don't bring 300 thousand dollars in every year and so what we do as a church when you give your tithe every month or every week whenever you do it we take 10 percent of your tithe and we now give it to missions we put that into the missions fund and then we add the faith promises to that and by doing that we're able to carry out our mission to not only bless Peoria but the rest of the world it is something God has given us to do. It is something that we're doing because we know God wants us to do it and we want you to be a part of it, if you will. And so will you please, this morning, take out this card and, and as you're sitting there right now, fill it in, fill it in right now and then we're going to pass some buckets around in a little while and you can drop this card into the bucket. You can keep the bottom portion to remind you, as I said. Now, there's one other thing. I said there were two things. There's the other thing. I believe that God wants us to keep supplying diapers in this village in Romania. I believe that God wants us this morning to take an offering that is saying to Ian, use the next Here's the next year, here's the next couple of years, uh, uh, offering that's going to now provide diapers. They're still without water in that village. They, they can't do a, a washing of clothes like we can. And, and so the need is still there at this moment in time. And I want to challenge us this morning. I'm going to give to this. But I'm challenging us this morning to give an offering like you've never given before that we might carry on blessing this village until running water is brought to that village and bless them in a way where they, their children are kept in diapers at least uh, uh, until that problem is sorted out there. So we're going to take an offering as well. So there's two things you're putting into the bucket. Um, you're, you're going to put in... Uh, your card, your faith promise card that's saying, I'm giving this, I'm going to believe God for this amount every month. And, and also I'm giving money. And you may put a check in, make it out to Riverside. You can, you can mark it diapers and, and we'll know what it's about. Uh, or you can put cash in or you can go online to give. You can get your phone out and go online to our, uh, our website and give. Uh, you can text to give. And um, there's, there's all these ways for you to give. But I want us to give an enormous offering to bless these children uh, and to make sure that that village is looked after uh, at least for the next year or so, all right? So let's, let's do that together. Now, here's um, young Robert Finley. Robert Finley is the um, missions director here. He is the global missions director at Riverside. 
and he together with a team of people they look after all this stuff going on around the world I want you to thank God for this man and the team that works with him as well let's thank God for him that was nice being called young I was young when we started Riverside but I'm, I'm, yet, I'm less young <laughs> well um Everybody on the way in, each family should have received one of our new updated missions booklets. And we like family to have one of these because inside here you'll see the missionaries that we support. So what we, we, we want you to do is don't just leave this in your car and please don't throw it away. Hello. Um, take it inside your home, put it on your ottoman, put it on the kitchen table and every day look through this booklet and pray for our missionaries they need our prayers there's so much they go through and the stories that we hear are just phenomenal please pray for our missionaries and this is a great resource on how to do that you know on the third page in it's interesting because we put on there it, our, our verse we have our new t-shirts i'm going to talk about that in a second but it says in acts 1 8 but you will receive power when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. And the reason that is our missions verse is because we believe so much in, first of all, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. And, and one of the things I love about what we're doing with this new shirt and this new design, um, we have an opportunity for our kids. If you have a child in reaction kids, we have an opportunity where they also... Uh, today, they're be giving a little plastic tube, a little plastic tube of M&Ms. So the M&Ms kind of play off the missions-minded. So M&Ms, so they can be missions-minded. They're going to eat the chocolate. They'll have that done before they get home. And then they're supposed to fill that tube with quarters. And they're going to bring that back. And then they get a shirt. So they can wear that shirt to school. They're going to bring the gospel into school. Because it say right there, Acts 1, 8. That's right. And as a great reminder, it says Acts 1-8, but instead of there being a colon there, there's a little flame. And I thought, ooh, that's going to be representing Holy Spirit. They're taking Holy Spirit into school. How do you like that? That's right. And so what we're going to do is the missions leadership team wanted to be a blessing to all, everyone here today that turns in one of your, the missions faith promise cards. Now, we're just going to do this on an honor system. When the buckets are passed around, you turn this part in, you keep this part. But on the way out in the lobby, when you turn that card in, we have a shirt for you. We have a shirt for you. Now, for some reason, we don't have your size. We'll just order one. That's all right. Give us your name. We'll make sure we order one for you. But on the way out, stop by the booth right out higher, right outside here. We're going to give you a T-shirt. If you're, if you're like, Robert, man, I need more than one. I need one for everyone. So what we'll do is we'll just ask for a $10 donation for bonus ones. Is that? I hope that's fair. I think that's fair, right? All right. So thank you so much for being here on Mission Sunday. We are so blessed and we are so thankful that you invest into the kingdom through your missions, faith promises. Thank you so much. Thank you. Praise God. Thanks, Robert. Yes. God bless you. I'm going to ask the, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward right now. Just come right down the front and we're going to pray and we're going to receive our faith promise cards and also this great offering for, you giving pens out? Pens, anyone need a pen? Yeah, down the front here, that's good.
you're making checks out, make them out to Riverside Community Church. Mark them diapers and we'll know. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for the enormous faith that has been generated in this place. We believe that, uh, Lord Jesus, Jericho walls have fallen in this place in people's lives today. And Father, we thank you that you have inspired us uh, to the point of saying we're going to invest in the kingdom of God. The safest place for our money is in the kingdom of God. There is a guaranteed result for that. And Father, we pray that as we now pledge to give, as we say, God, we're going to give because you and your kingdom is coming to earth. Uh, and we want to be a part of that investment into your kingdom on earth. Uh, we pray that you will bless everyone who's filling these cards out right now. And Lord Jesus, cause them to know that as they have stepped out in faith, you are stepping out to honor their faith and they're going to see miracles happen. Father, hear us, I pray. Bless this offering. Bless these cards. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may receive the cards and the offering right now. And um, as we take this offering, don't forget... Go to the front desk if you fill the card out and um, the Missions Global team are out there and they want to give you a shirt uh, to go home with, all right? Uh, It's a great deal, that. Amen. And now I'm waffling so that we make sure they get these buckets collected in. Oh, pick that up. You dropped one. All right. Bless God. We are going to see the kingdom of God extended and enlarged because of our investment today. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting to know that we're going to see the kingdom of God extended? Amen. All right, they're nearly at the back. You at the front, get out of here. You at the back, wait for the bucket. God bless you.